A beautiful morning out there. Welcome to another live broadcast. My name is Isaiah Phillips Aikintola. I want to especially welcome you this morning. If you're joining us, wherever you're joining from, welcome to another live broadcast. This is the Potter's Gate online broadcast. And of course, we've been looking into some beautiful spiritual principle that is giving us perspective and direction to the leading of God in our lives and of course for our nation in this new day. We've stepped into a new season. The Spirit of God has continued to chat, amen, a new path for us. As we continue to engage the dawn of this new day, we pray and we hope that the Spirit of God will continue to give us more insight and more understanding. And of course, it's my prayer that everyone that will be joining that is connecting to this spiritual insight and understanding and revelation will constantly allow that which the Lord, amen, has begun to do in their life to bring transformation, healing, and deliverance into their space. This morning, by God's grace, we are going to continue to look into the heart of God, into the mind of God. We've been looking into the principle of the transformation or the development or the introduction, the reintroduction of the priesthood. And we've been dealing with the restoration of the altar. We've been dealing with the concept of uh, uh, the, the priest itself and, of course, the authority that will follow. And this is what uh, I will continue to look into as we look at the part 12. I believe is a part 12 that we're going to be dealing with this morning. So if you're joining, welcome this morning, wherever you're joining from, wherever you uh, are connecting from, whatever is your time zone, we want to welcome you want to appreciate this beautiful day this is the 26th of the month of september and of course today is saturday we believe god for this beautiful uh, uh, season and time to help us to further into the heart of god it's cold here in franjuk it's very cold and uh, we believe the lord amen that as we continue to engage the word of god that our life gets amen to be heated up in the in the fire of the spirit let us pray father we honor you once again we glorify you we bless you for Another brand new day like this, another time like this to be in your house, to be in your presence, to be, yes, where your spirit is speaking and expressing your divine intentions to us. We thank you once again, Lord, that as we open, yes, the chapters of your word and as we allow you to speak to us as we sit, oh God, we pray that you will take us further, yes, Lord, into the heart desire, your heart desire. You bring us into the moment of this brand new day. We thank you. We honor you this day for your spirit once again. That will guide us and lead us. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing across the board, across the nations, oh God. Thank you, Father, for a new, yes, a new, a new expression, a new sense of voice that is coming to your ecclesia. You're building your church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. We thank you for all the things that you are, yes, revealing to us. May your will be done. May your kingdom come. May your name be glorified. Amen. All right. We are going to look into the Word of God. I believe God for great things this morning. Thank you so much, Abra Derek, for joining this morning. I want to welcome everyone joining us this morning. Thank you, Father. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, Father. Thank you so much. Uh, if you're joining us, wherever you're connecting from, several things we're going to be looking into uh, for, you know, for few sessions that we have done. I've been trying to connect or add the concept of the priesthood, you know, to the, the book of Zechariah and the book of Ezra. 
and because there are some principles there that are very important that we need to look into and i'm hoping that i'll be able to do that all right uh this morning but before we go into that i would like to once again establish some points that we have you know looked into because it's important that we continually deal with the context amen of what god is saying where we are amen of course where we're coming from if we don't know where we're coming from, we don't know where we're going. We don't know where we're going. So we, we are tracking something that deals with, amen, the movement of God, the, the expressions of God, the speakings of God, the journeys of God, all right? As we saw in the life of uh, Elisha and, and Elijah, all right? The scripture said, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, God, you know, God, excuse me, the scripture said, uh, Elijah said to Elisha, the Lord has sent me, all right, on the journey. All right, and and Elisha Elisha said to Elijah, "Well, as the Lord lives, I'm gonna go with you. All right, I'm gonna go with you. And if you look back to you know the concept of Abraham, we saw also God calling Abraham out of his father's house, Amen, to a place. The point that I'm trying to establish, Amen, is that in the things of God there are movement. Of course, in the book of Genesis, we saw how God, Amen, you know, brought judgment to the earth, and we saw how God asked Amen uh, uh, Noah to build an ark, and we saw how that ark became a movement, Amen, for for Noah to the next point, to the next place of God's divine intention. This is very critical and important, all right? Now, we, we understand that our life is not just some monument, you know, somewhere. We are on a journey. We are on a move. Heaven is leading us to a place. We are going out to meet the bride. We, excuse me. We're going out to meet the bridegroom. And we have to get ourselves ready. We have to prepare ourselves, all right? And all of the things that the Lord is saying to us in terms of transition, migration, and, and, and movement in the things of God must be contextualized, amen, to the present reality of the priesthood, amen, that heaven, of course, is pointing to. In every move, in every declaration, in every proclamation, in every activities of God in the earth, amen, there's always been a priesthood that has been ordained, designed, Amen. To you know, to 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 administrate the things of God. All right, and we've seen how God has rejected and refused and moved away from certain order of existence and priesthood, if you will. And today we are looking into, amen, the current, present, amen, relevant priesthood that will allow us because the priesthood defines, amen, our authority. The priesthood defines our position, our, uh, you know, our our government, of, if you will, our ability to to express the voice of God and the administrations of God in the earth. So it is important that, all right, we do not seek to proceed further without understanding the priesthood you know this morning while i was just you know of course sharing one or two things on my timeline facebook and this word you know came to my spirit jesus said a kingdom divided against itself will not stand i mean and that word hit my spirit like as if i've never read that scripture before as if i've never heard the word before just think about it a kingdom is defined a man by his ability to walk in coherence what am i saying Jesus said, a kingdom divided. So our division, in other words, our, our, our inability to walk amen, in, in the order of you know, spiritual synchronization, in the order of unity, in the order of oneness, in the order of understanding what the Lord demands. Unity is not just about us uniting, coming together. It's about uniting to us a purpose. Is about uniting to us a vision, to us a mandate. Is about having a clear understanding of what God demands and requires of us. It's not just about coming together. We've been talking about that, that this is the day of the reassembly. Remember the Bible says, and we have come to Mount Zion. All right? And the scripture begins to explain to us what happens in Mount Zion. 
In fact, let me read that scripture again because it's important. I, I, I keep emphasizing on the, on the issue of context. Context is important to where we are, all right, to where, where, where God, amen, is leading us into and what the Spirit of God is using, amen, to build us and to help us to understand, amen, the emphasis of the Spirit. I just want to quickly read this uh, um, the scripture so that we have a kind of a context to what we're dealing with. Now listen to this. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says, it says, You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire. So we are living, amen, the mundane. We are living that which, all right, can be touched, that which can be viewed, that which can be seen. Heaven is bringing us to a day of the Spirit. You know, one of the things the Lord said to me this morning, you know, I just picked that in my spirit. is like if our prophetic understanding or our prophetic philosophy is basically centered around what God or what is happening in Jerusalem. If all we're talking about, amen, if, if what becomes the benchmark, amen, of the prophetic move of God, you know, that the, the comings of God is limited to, you know, a piece of estate in, in, a, in a place called, you know, Israel. If, if all that is what we understand, if everything that we talk about in the prophetic is just centered about the nation of Israel, then we are missing the bigger picture of the kingdom of God. I mean, I picked that this morning. I said, wow, Lord. You know, and I, I mean, I believe so much that there's a lot that God is doing in the nation of Israel that is impacting the, the world, but we cannot narrow down, amen, the prophetic activities of God, amen, to just, amen, Israel. Because that's what I see going on. That I believe that's why the Lord also dropped that in my spirit. We've got to expand our understanding. And the reason for that, the reason why a lot of people are, uh, relate and connect and zero down the prophetic move of God to just a piece of you know, real estate, a piece of you know, geography, all right, is because they do not have a, you know, a clear understanding of what the kingdom of God is all about. What we are dealing with, when we talk about this priesthood, we're dealing with a priesthood that functions within the order, within the within within the structure, within the administration, within the government of the kingdom of God. Not, not that which is limited to the church, not that which is limited to just a group of people or to just you know a particular nation, a particular place. We're dealing with something that is far bigger, amen, than what our mind will ever comprehend. The kingdom of God, amen, till, till Jesus come, we will never be able to comprehend the reality, the full realities of the kingdom of God. And so moving out of, you know, that which can be touched, that which we have, you know, underst understood, amen, as church and even as kingdom, amen, it's going to be a challenge because God is going to be challenging our ideologies, philosophy, our theology, all of that, amen, are the things that the Lord is bringing to an end, an end in this season as they begin to usher us into a new day, a day where we need to be redressed, amen, with the garment, with the robe, amen, of kingdom. Kingdom priesthood. And so in this priesthood, amen, we have to we have to approach the order from that position of a child, except you become like a child. 
Alright? One of the things God is doing in our day, amen, is, is that he's challenging our philosophy. He's challenging our belief system. He's challenging our ideology of, of Christianity, you know, of life, of humanity, amen, of, you know, of even spirituality. All of these things, amen, they are being rolled away. They are, they are, they are ushering into our space, amen, a new order of life. So, if we have not been taught and tutored, amen, regarding the ways of the kingdom, we will not understand. In fact, we will think that we are working for the kingdom while, in fact, we are working against, amen, the, the principles of the kingdom. So, we are believing God to, to help us to constantly, amen, you know, uh, uh, show us the layers upon layers of the things that, you know, he's been, that he's been proclaimed and declared in this brand new day because if there is anything we need in this new day, amen, is the knowledge of the things of God. The Bible talks about knowledge being part of, amen, the, the nature, the character, amen, of, of the spirit of Christ. Amen. When the spirit of truth comes, he will lead you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. Amen. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit, amen, of, of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of understanding. Amen. The spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of the fear of God. All of this instrument must become a tangible, amen, a, a, a tools in our life, amen, in understanding, in engaging, in approaching this new day. This is a sacred day, but this day, amen, is not go just going to, you know, uh, be, be, be be related to based on how we have understood Christianity. Christianity is changing. In fact, we are moving from Christianity into amen, the dimension, the reality of what is called the kingdom of God. Amen. The kingdom of God is not the church and the church is not the kingdom. So we are coming into a life of the kingdom. And that means that certain things that we had, we had, we had neglected or we, we did not consider in the past, we have to look at them. Like I was saying this morning, some of my, you know, are post, alright, in, in in the past we emphasize more on the message we follow the message all right but we but we lack understanding we lack you know the, the ability to track the spirit behind the message and if there's anything god is showing us god is emphasizing in this new day that the message and the spirit must must come into oneness there must be a divine agreement so that all right we can have the ability to accurately interpret the heart of god the mind of god for the days that we live in Alright, so we are moving from one order. We are moving from the order of Sinai. We're coming to the day of Zion. Alright, Sinai had his own priesthood. And it's important that we understand, that we appreciate that, alright, that we understand the, the, you know, the limbs and bounds of that priesthood and how that priesthood function in the earth. But this is the day where heaven is bringing us into Zion. Zion is not a physical location. Zion is not Israel. Israel is part of Zion, but Zion, amen, is not Israel. Amen. America is, is, is part of Zion, but America is not Zion. Amen. The world system, amen, have their own place and portion like we read amen when 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 the when the prophet of god was restoring the altar he brought all the various dimensions amen that reflects the government of god amen he brought all the 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 the, 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 the flavors amen he brought all the departments the bible says he he he, he rearranged the, the the 12 stones that speaks of government. It speaks of power. It speaks of authority. Yes, it speaks of the nation of Israel, but it also speaks of the nation of God. 
It speaks of that Jerusalem that is, that is from above, our mother that is from above. Hallelujah. We have to comprehend what the Lord is doing. So the, one of the things that I'm emphasizing, and I believe the Spirit of God wants us to emphasize, is that we've got to begin to look beyond, amen, the boundaries of our theology. We've got to begin to look again into the Word of God and believe God, amen, to open our eyes to see things that we'd never saw in the past so that we can step into, amen, the, the, the realities and the, and the speakings of God for our day, alright? A, a revelation is going to take us into the into the realm where we can begin to function within, amen, the ambience of the relevancy of God for our day. If we don't walk in the keys of the kingdom that demands, amen, you know, what that demands us to access what God is doing for our day, we will remain in the old while we think we are in the new. Some people will still continue to engage this new day, all right, from the same old pattern, from the same old way, amen, from the same old, you know, perspective and the same old view they had before. It's not going to work, amen. The wine skin has to change. And the wine skin, amen, it's not, it's not some physical robe you wear. The wine skin speaks of the condition, the configuration, amen, of your inner life. It speaks of, amen, what, what, what you see, how you see things, how you, I mean, Jesus looked at the field, amen. He said the field is, is, is ripe for harvest. They looked at the field, they say it's still four months. You see that? It's important that we align back, amen, to, to, to that heavenly perspective, to that, you know, dimension of a life that is beyond, amen, this, this, this realm of limitation. Come up higher. Let me show you. Heaven is bringing us into a new day. They're bringing us into a higher ascended reality, amen, of the expressions of the prophetic demand of God for our day. It's going to take a new order of prophetic saints, amen, to step into what God, amen, is doing in this new day. If you try to engage this season, this hour, this moment, amen, with the same old pattern, with the same old vessel, with the same old ideology, with the same old religious beliefs and, 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 and activity and ceremony, it's not going to work, amen. God is not going to move on your behalf. No, he's not going to move. The reason why the fire came was because Elijah built according to the pattern. And so we are looking at some things that are very critical. I want to believe God. I'm believing God to open my eyes of understanding. I want to find in our keys that are, you know, scattered around the word of God so that we can unlock, amen, the mysteries of God for this new day. We want to move. We want to enter. We want to enter the day, hallelujah, that has been ordained for us. When a day has been ordained for you and you're not dressed ready for that day, amen, you miss your visitation. You miss, amen, the demand of God. And we don't want to. Israel missed it. They could not identify. Jesus was with them, amen. He moved with them. He spoke with them. He ate with them. He, I mean, he healed them. He fed them. They saw miracle. But guess what? They still missed their day of visitation. We can be in the, in the midst of a powerful move, amen, and still be relating to that move with the same old religious ideas of the past. This is my greatest, you know, uh, 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 you know, challenge and, and, and concern, all right, in this brand new day. We want to, we want to, we want, we, people are still trying to relate to this thing, all right, with, with, with you know, with, with, with some egoistic, you know, uh, ideologies and some prideful nature and character. We cannot, we have to humble ourselves and ask the Lord to help us. We have to become like a child again to enter you see, the kingdom of God is not something you enter once. There are realms and dimensions, all right, that we need to enter. 
There are, there, are, there are all kinds of mansions within the kingdom realm that we need to access. And if we don't come with that attitude, amen, of humility, if we don't come with that sense of, amen, surrender and, and coming like a child, you see, we've been talking about that. He said, except you come like a child, you cannot access, you cannot enter, you can come in. The priesthood must come, amen, from that child, amen, of I'm a child. Even though the priesthood, amen, is designed and is demanded, amen, to know, to understand. But when it comes to approaching God, you must come with the mindset of, Lord, I don't know. I need to know. Open my eyes. Except for we have come to Mount Zion. All right? I want us to look at some principles. I'm just basically laying another foundation in case we forget. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be tired of, you know, speaking the same thing over and over again. Please hear it. If you've heard it before, hear it again. Because all right, we're trying to build something. I'm trying to build something within your system, within your mindset. All right? I'm trying to impart something all right, into your life that will give you mobility and stability. All right? That your life, amen, is not defined by the things that you possess. That your life, hallelujah, must be defined by the things that have possessed you. I'm talking about the things of the spirit. I'm talking about your life being defined, amen, by the values, by the revelation, by the ascended life, amen, by the light that, that is beaming from the bowels of Christ. I'm talking about, amen, your life amen being defined and being redefined amen by the ascended reality amen of god i'm talking about you climbing the ladder of the spirit so that you can finally ascend to that place of the throne and you can see all things well that's what i'm talking about we've come to mount zion mount zion is a is a mountain amen we're heading to mount zion listen to this it says for you for you have for you have come amen for you have not come to a mountain that can be touched. I'm reading Hebrews chapter 12 verse 18. For you have not come to a mountain that can be touched. At, at that point of being touched is very important. You know, because in the past, all right, our, 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 our understanding and our concept of relating to the things of God, amen, has been done based on what we can touch. You know, yes, it's, it's about, you know, the, 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 the expression of miracle, all right? The, uh, miracle must go beyond just what we can touch and what we can see so that, you know, we have a sense of feeling of God is good. We have to come to a point in the spirit where, amen, our understanding and interaction, amen, is designed and defined about by what we we know in the spirit listen spiritual things are more real than natural things in fact everything you see in the natural came from the dimension of the spirit so so there are substance in the spirit there are realities that's why the bible talk about the things of the spirit the bible said the things of the spirit amen are foolish to the kind of mind you know the kind of mind wants to touch it want to feel it if i can't feel it then i don't believe it that's thomas for you he said, for you have, he said, for you have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire. These are, these are, these are expressions that has, that has boost, that has, you know, you know, define our faith, our, our ideology, our spiritual ideologies in the past. You know, when you look at all the big, big churches and big ministry, all of them has been built around, amen, Mount Sinai, that which can be touched, that which can be seen, you know, the fire is coming down, all right? In fact, we have men of God today who, who, who are trying to bring down all kinds of fire, all right? I'm going to say, I'm going to pray, and, the, and we're seeing that all of this is just a gimmick. <laughs> you cannot be an Elijah if you do not have a standing before the Lord. You cannot call a fire down if you don't have proximity before the Lord. Miracle, the Bible says, is the children's bread. But we are coming to a day of maturity. Our life is an expression of miracle. So we are not just looking for miracle to believe. We are the very expressions of miracle. 
And what we believe, amen, is defined by what we know in the spirit. Because we, we, are, spirit, we are spirit being. We ought to walk by the spirit, amen. We ought to walk by faith and not by sight. He said, for you have not come to a mountain that can be touched. Remember, the context is we're dealing with, amen, a new order of priesthood. We're dealing with a new order, amen, of, of temple building, of altar building. We're dealing with a day that will bring us into a place of authority, Authority is where we are going. Remember, that's how we began three weeks ago, I think. All right, we began to talk about authority, and the Lord said, Wait a minute, don't, no, 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 wait. Before you start talking about authority, <laughs> authority has a protocol. Uh, you've got to follow the pattern. You've got to follow, amen. What brings you to, because authority, amen, is, 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 is you know, is, 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 an, is power that is given to you, amen. It, 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 authority is given because there's an assignment, because there's something that needs to be done. It's a delegated authority, it's a delegated power. Alright? You're given authority to do something. Jesus said, behold, I give you authority. If you don't know why has been given, why authority has been given to you, alright, then you do, you, you're basically going to abuse it. And this is what we have seen in the church in the past, alright? Authority were given to people, but guess what? They abused it because they really do not understand why they were given so much authority. And of course, authority comes with all kinds of things. Honor, it comes with honor, it comes with accolades, it comes with, you know, blessing, it comes with all kinds of things, alright? Because you can just do things. But you've got to understand the essence, the purpose, the objective of why the church was given authority, why leaders were given authority, amen, why we were put in where we were put. We've got to understand all of these things so that we do not, one of the things the Lord is not going to tolerate in this new day is the abuse of the things of the spirit. One of the things God is not going to tolerate in our time is the abuse, amen, of his resource. We have to become, amen, worthy, amen, faithful, committed, amen, our stewards again to the things of the Spirit. And that's why we are going via, amen, the, the, the principle of the altar, amen. We're going via the principle, amen, of the priesthood so that when we touch authority, have you noticed that there is no building of of altar without authority every altar, every altar that is built in accordance to divine pattern you will always find four horns there i'm going to be speaking about the four horns maybe not today those horns represent authority all right represent government represent of course mercy also represent a refuge but it also represent the administrations of the things of god but there has to be a shift first there has to be a shift amen in our perspective there has to be a shift in our concept of relate of relating and interacting with the things of God. And that shift, amen, will begin when you begin to understand that God indeed is doing a new thing. Thank God for the old. <clears throat> Thank God for the things that God did in the past, in the past, you know, 30 years, in the past 20 years, maybe 50 years. Thank God. But we have been brought into a new day. And we cannot, you cannot stop emphasizing that. And and the, and there are and there are you know there are responsibility, there are consequences, amen. There are new demands, amen. There are new uh, uh, realities to this newness. All right. So we cannot just proclaim, okay, we're in a new day, and that's it, and everything continues the way they are. No, no, no. When when we are ushered into into newness, amen. Everything that defines our approach has to be reinvented, has to be reset, has to be redefined. When when we are invited, when we are brought into newness, amen, you have to observe, you have to, you have to sit, you have to learn, you have to find out, amen, the ways of God. You, you understand? You cannot bring the same old pattern, all right, of how you, 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 listen to this, when you are brought into newness, 
You have to learn. You have to sit down again to learn. You become like a child again. I know in your former position, you were the boss. You, you, you had authority. You had influence. You had capacity. You had people, amen, working for you. I mean, everybody listened to you. But now you've been brought into newness. You don't know. The, the, the approach of newness is that we don't know. If you approach newness with assumption, casualty, amen, will become the, it will become the effect. If you approach newness with assumption, casualty becomes the effect. So we don't want to, we don't want to, we don't want to have casualty. We want to understand. We want to walk, amen, in the speakings of God. So I'm, I'm, I'm emphasizing th this point, all right, because I want us to really look at this. You see, when you're praying, you have to ask the Lord, Lord, bring me into the newness of what you're doing in every area of my life. Allow me, help me, oh God, to change, to, 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 to transform. Help me to embrace what you're doing so that I can begin to see, amen, the resource for the new day. It says, you have not come, amen, to a mountain that can be touched and it's burning with fire into darkness, to gloom, amen, to storm, to trumpet and blast. <laughs> Even there's a dimension of the prophetic in that old order to, to, to trump, to, you know, to, to a trumpet blast. There's trumpet. There are trumpetic declarations in the old. All right. You know, some people right now, they, they, they still want to relate, amen, the prophetic of, of God for this brand new day based on the old ways. It's not going to work again, friends. There's a trumpet blast in that, in that Mount Sinai reality. There was a priesthood in that Mount Sinai reality. Come on, friends. There was a blessing in that Mansana priesthood. Amen. There was increase in that Mansana. But hey, heaven is moving away. He said, for you have not come to these descriptions. It's, it's showing us. Amen. The author of Hebrews is showing us that there's a, there's a different approach. There's a different dimension of where you have come to. And he's trying to compare the old, amen, with the new. And the reason for that is because he's tracking the priesthood. The entire book of Hebrew, amen, is about tracking the priesthood. Let me quickly take you to, uh, uh, while I'm talking about the priesthood, let me take you to, uh, um, let me take you to Hebrews 7. I thought we opened to Hebrews. Yes, let's look at, let's quickly open to Hebrews 7. This is one of the reasons why we're tracking this, all right? In Hebrews 7, verse, uh, verse, verse 11, he said, he said, if perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, and indeed the law, amen, given to the people, establish the law given to the people, all right? There is no priesthood without the law. The law, amen, is the intentions of God. The law is the objective of God. So the priesthood is subjected, amen. The priesthood is subjected to the law or to the principles. Another word for law is principle or the values of God, the intentions of God, the objectives of God. Whenever there is a law is because there are things that God wants us to adhere to. All right. So the priesthood functions, amen, within the law. The law defines the authority, the framework of the priesthood, amen. The Bible says, if, if perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, and indeed the law, amen, given, the law that was given to the people was established by that priesthood. He said, why was it still then, amen, for another priesthood to be required one after, one after the order of Melchizedek. So we saw that, yes, that priesthood was given, but God was not satisfied with the priesthood because the priesthood did not bring perfection the law the, the, that priesthood and of course through the law did not bring people amen to maturity did not bring people to the day where we can have all things in common i was sharing that yesterday a lot of people were you know responding yes we must have all things in common that is a priesthood where all right everything that we do is reflective amen of the intentions of god 
that we're not doing things because amen we have an ulterior motive that we're not doing things because we want people to see us from a from a perspective we want people to relate to us from you know from a particular view that does not align that does not speak to that is not reflecting the intentions of God that everything that we do amen must be carried amen and reflect the very desires of God that yes we all can live in the dimension of a common life yet with order in place you know, you know, some leaders are afraid that when, when, when they come down and try to, you know, uh, uh, be friends with their members, that their members will take advantage of them. Yes, they will. And that's because you have not taught them, amen, the order and the ways of God. When you teach, amen, listen to this, in your house, you've got children, you've got, you've got your children, you play with your children, don't you play with your children? But your children knows, amen, that you are the father, that you are the mother. They know that there's, there's authority, there's government in the house. But yet you play with your children. I mean, I play, with, I play with my children. I play with my children. I ride bicycle with them. We do everything together and all of that. But they also know that, that that's daddy and you don't want to mess with daddy, amen. If he, if he asks you to do certain things that you don't do it, you don't want to mess with him. Yes, you see, that is the principle that we need to establish. We don't need to, amen, put a front that we are not. We don't need to project something that is contrary, amen, to the values of God. All right? One of the things we need to correct today in the church of God, amen, is bringing back order and structure. Bringing back, amen, a principle where we understand hierarchy, yet we all can flow in the same, amen, spirit of oneness, unity, harmony, amen. The Bible said they had all things in common. The Bible did not say just the apostle or the prophet alone had, you know, enough. The Bible said they all had all things in common. That commonality of faith, what is called the mutual, the mutual faith, is what allows us to walk, amen, in the spirit of unity such that our kingdom is not divided. Such that our kingdom is not divided. Because a kingdom divided against itself will never stand. No matter the revelation, no matter the word, amen. If it's an issue where one man is up there and he knows it all and every other person is looking up to him and there is no understanding of spiritual commonality, that mutual life, amen. Jesus Christ lived. I mean, we saw Jesus. He lived with his disciple. Everything Jesus did, amen, was based on a life expressed, amen, in truth, in love, in unity. Yet they understood that he is the master. When they call him, they call him master, rabbi. He was the, he was, he was the chief apostle, hallelujah. He was, he, was, he was the authority, but yet he never, he never used his authority, hallelujah, to, you know, to pull down his people. He used his authority to build them. I'm talking about a priesthood here. Because we have to correct this. If we don't correct it, listen to this. God is not moved by our revelation. He's moved by a people that can move the revelation, amen, to the place of his intention. God is not moved by, you know, the number of truth we know. I don't care the truth we know. If those truths, amen, cannot, cannot be applied, if those truth is not applicable, amen, in the right spirit, in the right nature, in the right character, we are going nowhere. I don't care who preaches it. I don't care who declares it. It could even be Isaiah Phillips. If our life is not mirroring the required standard of God in every generation, there is a standard that God expects. There is a priesthood, like I said, that he has established. And the priesthood is supposed to mirror his way, supposed to mirror his administration. Listen, let me read that scripture again in Hebrews Hebrews 7, you know, 11. He said, if perfection could have, been, could have been attained. Remember, perfection is the desire of God. And perfection is teleos. In fact, that word perfection comes from teleosis. That word perfection comes from the word teleosis. In other words, maturity. 
bring the people to maturity. So the desire of God, amen, for the ecclesia, amen, is for them to come to fullness, to come to maturity. Yes, that's why he said in Ephesians 4, all right, that we all come to the full fullness of Christ, to the full stature of Christ. That's the desire of God. That's the essence of the priesthood. So if we miss that as, as a pointer of what God is doing, then, then every other thing we're doing is basically useless and, 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 and irrelevant. Regardless of what that thing is, regardless of who preaches it, who declares it, it's useless. If perfection, and listen to this, is not enough to just say, okay, we are training people to mature. We, because that's, that's, the, that's what we have reduced the apostolic and the prophetic. Oh, we're training people to mature. You see, it's not enough to say we're training. You can have, like I said, you can have all the revelation. You can have all the material to train. I mean, we've got material. But guess what? If you don't also come to the level of humility and sobriety and submitting to the people. You say, what do you say? I say submitting to the people. Because it's when you submit to the people that the people are willing to submit to you is when you acknowledge that there is God in them, that there is Christ in them, that there is life in them, that they, that, that they, are, they are also a gift to the body. All right? That is not you looking down on them. That, amen, you can also learn from them that this thing, amen, is, 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 is a work, amen, of raising a family for God. Like I said, in a family there are authorities, but a family works in love and unity. We walk in love and unity. We walk in harmony. We walk in understanding. You know, a few days ago, my children were playing on, you know, on the, on, on, on the computer. I guess they were playing one of those games because I already told them, certain games, you don't play it. You don't play it. So when they heard me coming, <laughs> everybody took cover. <laughs> I just saw Jemima jumping, you know, the couch. You know, Sam had already ran. So I, I said, guys, what's going on here? I said, never you do this again, please. Whatever you're doing, if you cannot do it before me, then don't do it. If you know that what you're, what you're watching, the game you're, you're playing is not right, then please don't do it when I'm not there. But please don't ever run away from me when I'm coming into the house. You know, some families like, well, well, that's what they want. No, that, that's not what you want. You don't want to create fear in your children. All right? Even though their conscience already told them that what they're doing is wrong, but they were doing it. They were doing it. They knew what they were doing was wrong, but they were doing it until I came in. If that is how you define authority, then you have missed the essence of authority. Because authority must be the grace to administer leadership when you are not there. When you are not there. So I told them, please don't run away from me again. I know your conscience told you what you're doing is wrong. All right? You shouldn't be playing that game. <laughs> but uh, they, they, they were doing it until I came. And I, I had to correct that. Because if you create that kind of sense of authority in the house, you've created, amen, an avenue for tyranny. You've created an avenue. You've created a position where people, all right, will, will respect you just because, you know, you are you. Not because they understand the principles, amen, of, of leadership and authority, all right? And, and that's signer for you. That is man's signer for you. And that's what we have seen, amen, in the past 30 years in the body of Christ. You see, I'm dealing with something very heavy. I'm dealing with something very important. I'm dealing with something that will enhance. If we understand some of the things that God is speaking to, all right, we will accelerate. Our life will accelerate. 
We have to we have to look into the issues of authority. But you see, authority has to do with our philosophy, has to do with our perspective, has to do with how we see life, how we how we view ourselves. If I need somebody to call me yes sir, yes sir, to respect me, then something is wrong with you know my perspective of my self life. If I need somebody, all right, to to kneel down and bow down to me, all right, for 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 me to feel honor, for me to feel respect, you know, feel respect, amen. Then something is wrong with me. Then I, then my my salvation, amen, is not precise. It's not accurate in Christ Jesus because that is a priesthood we saw under the Eli order, under the ironic order that God rejected. I told you before, amen, that the Eli order, which of course speaks into the Levitical priesthood, because Eli, amen. Is a descendant of you know of the Levitical order. All right, that priesthood was was you know was was a tyrannical priesthood. The Bible says the sons of Eli, all right, you know, were, were, were like sons of Belial. They, they were wicked. In fact, the Bible said they were wicked. <laughs> I mean, they they had um, strong their father, a priesthood that 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 the father no longer has a voice in the house, a priesthood that the father has no authority, cannot speak. I mean, the children would tell the father, "Shut up, keep quiet." Alright, just because they are the one, alright, bringing money and supporting the work and supporting the ministry. So the father has no authority to speak to them, to correct them. God rejected that priesthood. The entire order was rejected. That is called Mansina. He said, for you have not come to a mountain that can be touched, that is burning with fire. Alright, burning with fire means an expression, amen, of abuse of authority. Burning with fire. Here we come, come, everybody just fall in line. You know, God help me. When I was still young, you know, as a pastor, I mean, I had that Mansina priesthood. When I when I come into the church, everybody falls in line. Pastor is here. <laughs> you know, you don't understand that you were you were expressing that because something on the inside of you was damaged. And that's still the priesthood where people today they are almost almost worshiping some men in the name of being men of God. They are almost being worshipped. That's why people will gossip about their pastor behind them because amen, they do not have the expression, the free expression to talk about things in the house. We must never be afraid to give people liberty because it's in that position of liberty that we can, we can put structures in place, that we know people, that we understand what is in their heart. If we don't give people liberty, we don't know what they have on the inside. You don't know if they're going to kill you tomorrow. <laughs> you don't know because if you give them liberty, they will say what is in their heart. And that will allow you to see things. But let me not go too much into all of that. But that is important because we're dealing with the movement of the church. Amen. From Sinai to the place of Zion. Zion is a reflection of kingdom. Amen. Mansina, amen, is a type of a church. A church, amen, that is limited, that is blind, that is crippled, yet has power, but is abusing the power. He said, for you have not come, amen. You have not come to a mountain. It's a mountain. It's a place of power. It's a place of authority. It's a place where things are happening. Yes. And we've seen, we've seen all kinds of Mansina church that people are built in, in our generation, in our time. There are certain churches, I mean, you go there, they will dwarf you. You can't say anything. There are certain places you go to, just the presence of the church and the presence of the man of God will make you almost forget your name. Come on. Because that's how they build. They build a man to dominate without even them saying it. But their expression of building, amen, is to dominate, is to control. All right, they're fighting. All right, I mean, if you want to fight, you fight the devil. 
You don't come fight in the church. You don't come fight your brother. All right? We, we've used that Mansina or that, amen, to prove a point to one another. My church is bigger than your church. Our ministry is bigger than your ministry. Our network is bigger than your network. And everybody's fighting because, amen, in Mansina, you have to bring something to prove, to show that God is with you. Amen. It's fire. Fire is there. Hallelujah. But, but, but the writer of Hebrew, amen, which I believe was Paul, he said, for you have not come to, mount, to, to this mountain that can be touched. That's the first thing. You want, you want your, your, your mental element, amen. You want your five faculty to define, amen. If people will honor you and respect you, amen, and submit to you and, and, and be partner with what you're doing, it's going to backfire. You have not come to a mountain that can be touched. This thing we're talking about is going, is going beyond what we can touch. We're coming to the day of the spirit. Told us if we in the day we're living, if we cannot discern our people, if we cannot discern each other, people will be falling down out of all kinds of oppressions and depressions and anxieties, all right? And they will be coming to church. Meanwhile, you don't know what's going on in their life because when we talk about discernment, is we're discerning the devil. No, we need to learn to discern ourselves. We need to learn to discern ourselves so that we can build up. We cannot even build a church if we have no spirit of discernment. I mean, I, I was so, so, so blessed yesterday. You know, after preaching the message, we preached in the morning. The people, I mean, the, talk, just talking about onboarding yourself. I mean, the people who called, who came, who visited, who spoke to me, you know. And it's amazing just to hear people share their heart and share their pain and share their body. All right. And, and being able to just to listen to them. I found that very, 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 you know, beautiful and, and, and wonderful. And these are the dimensions that we need to establish as we continue to build the church of his intention. There is a church of his intention, but there is a church that man has built, amen, that has given man some name. We have raised a church where the gift has become the image. As I said, amen, it's no longer enough for us, amen, to project and promote a gift, I don't want people just to know me because I've got a gift. I want people to know me, to love me because I have a heart. I'm compassionate. I love. I can relate to them. I can. The Bible says, for we have not a priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmity. This order that we're coming to must help us to understand the ways of God. And that's why I said to people, don't call me a prophet again. Call me an elder. I don't want to be called a prophet not because I'm shying away from my gift. I know who I am. You see, I don't need somebody to call me by my name for, for me to know that my name is Isaiah Phillips. Are you, are you getting the point that I'm making? We are, we are pioneering something in the spirit. You don't need to call me a prophet for my prophetic gift. You come around me, you will know I'm a prophet. But I want you to understand that I'm also a human being. Every prophetic grace, every priesthood is taken from among men, but it's not of man. The priesthood is from above, but guess what? Amen. That priesthood can relate to man. If Jesus could not relate to man, listen to this, he could not represent God. We have to begin to pull down these old things that we have built. And that's why God shut the church down, so that the church can have a point to think. You see, all of those periods where the church was shut down, it's also a reason so that we can think. We can go back and ask ourselves, what have we done all these years, all these decades? What have we done? We've built all kinds of things that have brought shame to God. 
Listen to this. The people that are not in that are not in the church are more than the people that are in the church. If we have to, amen, begin to lie to ourselves and rejoice because we've got X, X number of people in the church, X number of people in our ministry. If that is how we define our success in ministry, then we are failures. We should define our ministry based on those who are not. Jesus said, I still have flocks. I still have. I still have flocks that are not in the fold. He left the 99 and he went for the one. He left the 99. He went for one. If how we measure success is not relating, amen, to the values of Christ and his kingdom, Ah, we are, mes we are men most miserable. We have failed. The priesthood have changed. And we are hammering on the concept of the priesthood. Because the priesthood defines your anointing. The priesthood defines your perspective. The priesthood, have you noticed that every prophet came from the order of a priest? Or sharing that, you know, a few days ago with one of my daughters. She said, what? I didn't understand that. I said, yes, Jeremiah was first a priest before he was a prophet. Check the word. Amen. All of the prophets were, were, were all first a priest because the priest shapes the heart that the gift will flow from. I said the priesthood shapes the heart, amen, that the gift flow. That's why you have people today that can call themselves prophet and they will look at the people, lie to them, collect their money and still go tell them to, you know, to, to, to empty their account because the prophet, you see, they have no heart. They didn't go via the, the house of the priesthood. They ran with the gift. You see, that's why I am very comfortable in my core. Because I'm first a priest unto God. And if we don't restore the priesthood, we will remain, amen, in the old order of the prophetic. Remember, in that order of Mansana, the Bible says there is what? There, there, there is a voice, there, was a, there, is a, there is a voice, there is a trumpetic voice. In fact, let me read it the way he put it. He said, for you have not come to a mountain that can be touched, that is burning with fire, a dark, glooming and a, a dark gloom and storm, and to a trumpet blast. The trumpet represents the prophetic voice. There was a prophetic order in that priesthood. I said there was a prophetic order in that priesthood. There was an apostolic order in that priesthood. But it was weak. To a, to, a, to a trumpet blast. Or to a voice speaking words. That those amen, who heard it beg that no further word to be spoken. You see. The people were begging. We don't want to hear this voice again. There was a voice there. There was a trumpet there. But the people were begging. We don't want to hear this voice again. In other words, the people. Moses could not bring the people to a place where they can align and relate with what God was saying. There was trumpet there. There was a voice there. But that order, amen, of governmental apostolic priesthood, amen, was weak. It was weak. It could not bring the people, amen, to maturity. It could not bring them to the next dimension of God's intention for their life. 
And to me, that is very, very critical as we continue to deal with, amen, how to step, how to move in, how to enter, amen, the day of the Lord, how to come into the demand of God, how to express, amen, this, the speakings of God for our day. We have to change the modus operandi. Heaven has changed the pattern. Heaven has changed the garment, amen. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. While I'm on this, let me, let me, let me take you quickly because... Everything, amen, is coherent in the, in, the, in the spirit, all right? While we're on this, let's quickly go to Zechariah. Let's go to Zechariah. Oh, thank you, Father. Let's go to Zechariah. Let's go to Zechariah, the book of Zechariah, chapter 3. I hope I'm challenging you this morning. Because that's the essence. My desire is to challenge you. And I also want you to challenge me. Of course, you must be challenging me, you know, for this kind of word to be coming. If you're not challenging me in the spirit, I won't, I won't have the audacity to bring this kind of a word. But let's quickly look at Zechariah chapter 3. You see, if you, if you read the book of Zechariah, the book of Agai, the book of uh, uh, Habakkuk, you know, all of these guys, they're all contemporary prophets. In other words, they're all minister, amen, during the same season, during the same period, during, amen, the same era, all right? They're all contemporary, you see? Prophet uh, Zechariah, Prophet Habakkuk, amen, Prophet Aga, they are all contemporary, including uh, Ezra, including Nehemiah. They are all contemporary. So, you see, when you read those, those guys, you've got to look at them holistically. That's why in the book of, let me quickly do this. Oh, thank you, Father. Let me quickly do this. I want you to. I want to show you something. Let's look at Agai chapter chapter two. Or of course, we we'll still up, go back to Zechariah chapter you know chapter three. But let's look at this because I want you to see when you're dealing with the priesthood, you've got to understand, Amen. The the commonality of faith. You've got to understand, you know, the 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 the, the, the corporate voice of God. There was a there's a corporate voice in the prof, in the in the priesthood. All right. Uh, whenever there's a priesthood, there's, there's there is a governmental administration. All right. There's a there is a there's a prophetic expression. All right. You you basically you find all the dimensions of the speakings of God, which is not limited, amen, to one man or to one gift. All right. So let's look at this quickly in uh, um, in Haggai chapter two. Haggai chapter two verse uh, one says, "On the twenty-first day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came." came through prophet Agai. The word of the Lord came through. I want you to see the order of God. The word of the Lord came through prophet Agai. Alright? The word of the Lord came through prophet Agai. Alright? Listen to this. Speak to Zerubbabel, the son of Shatel, governor of Ju Ju Judea. Alright? To, jo to, jo to Joshua, son of Josedek. To Joshua, son of Josedek, amen, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people. Now, have you seen that order? The word of the Lord came to the prophets. You know, when I, whenever we speak on this platform, I always like to bring order and context to what God is saying. Uh, did you see that the word of the Lord came to who? The word of the Lord did not come to the priest. The word of the Lord did not come to the governor. The word of the Lord did not go to the people. The word of the Lord came to the prophet. That's why the first thing God is restoring, amen, in this new day, as he restores the altar, amen, is the prophetic voice. 
because the prophetic voice will help us to understand the guidance, the leadings, the instructions, amen, and the speakings of God. It's through what God says that we know how to move, amen, that we know how to go forward, that we know how to build. We cannot build accurately. We cannot build precisely without, amen, hearing from God, amen, and that's the reason why God placed the prophet, amen, among the bunch so that he can pick not like everybody cannot hear, but the prophet has a way, amen, of quickly accessing the heart of God, accessing the mind of God, and bringing clarity and direction. And that's where we have, amen, the apostles there, so that when the prophet speaks, amen, the, the other ministry kicks into expression. It's not that the prophet is better than the rest. It's just that that's the order of God. Just like we say, it's not like the man is better than the woman. It's just that God has set the man first in order. <laughs> you understand? So people who have a wrong mindset, they say, no, the man wants to be the first. He always wants to be the first. Sorry, the man, God did not make, the, the man did not make himself first. Amen. God made the man first for a certain, you know, order, for certain administrative grace that most of us don't even know. So the issue of, no, no, I, I, <laughs> It's for those are for the immature. We we've got to understand the order and the patterns of God. You understand? God always expresses order in the things that He does. If if you don't understand the order, you've got to go to Him. Have you seen that a man, Amen, who has a desire, who has a heart for God, who was passionate about the things of God, Amen? You know, step out of order, and somebody lost his life, Amen. Yes, that was that was Joseph. Excuse me, uh, uh, David, Amen, and uh, Uzziah. You, you know, you, you got to understand that there is order in the things of God. Our life are designed by order. You don't have to like it; you just have to obey it. On the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Agai. Heaven recognized a prophetic ministry. I just picked that in my spirit. Heaven recognized that there are prophets and they are there to bring precision. They are there to bring the voice of God into our life. They are there to bring precision. They are there to bring direction. They are there to bring instruction. All right? They are there to bring judgment and sometimes condemnation. You understand? When the prophet speaks, don't expect the voice of a prophet to sound like that of the apostle. Don't expect the, prophet, the voice of the prophet to sound like that of the pastor. Don't expect the voice of a prophet, amen, to sound like that of the teacher, amen. The prophet, amen, is a voice of God. He, he basically expresses, speaks the heart of God. Sometimes, even the prophet himself, amen, in his expression, he just give it raw because he doesn't have the sense of maturity and wisdom, amen, of how to express the things of God. As he hears it, he says it. You understand? We deal with that sometimes when we deal with, you know, mature prophets and all of that. But the issue is, all right, the prophet is a receiver of the voice of God. And the church needs to hear the voice of God just like, just, just like the nations need to hear the voice of God. They don't have to accept it, but they need to hear it. All right? You understand? The fact that you cannot pick what your friend is saying does not mean that amen, the voice of your friend is not in the atmosphere. <laughs> amen. If you if you if you get a phone right now, all right, and you tap into the into the into the airwave, you will pick the voice of your friend. I mean, just like you're picking my voice. To as many that you know tune into this broadcast will be hearing me, they'll be watching me. But that doesn't mean that in other places, amen. People people can watch me because they, they are not they're not tuned in. If you're tuned in, you will hear. If you connect, you will hear. That's the that's that's how the things of the spirit is. Quickly, let, let's 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 go on because I've not touched what I want to you know bring out. The word of the, the Bible says in the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Agai, speak to Zerubbabel, the son of Shatel, amen, the governor of, uh, of, of Judah, to Joshua, son of Jezedek, the high priest. 
Amen. And to the remnant. So you see order there. Now, but what, I'm what I'm trying to show you is, have you noticed that in the book of Agai, or in the concept of the restoration of the temple, because these are guys that will be dealing with the principles of the restoration, amen, of the house of God. Have you noticed the four categories of the people that were there? All right, it said the, they said the, the prophet was there, you know, Zerubbabel was there, a type of you know the, the governor, type of an apostolic grace, and of course, you know, the, 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 the priest was there, the high priest was there, and then the people, and then the people. All right, quickly, let's go to uh, uh Zechariah. I told you this, all, all these guys are all contemporary. Let's go to Zechariah. Have you seen that this priesthood, right? This, this, this guy, Zechariah, uh, um, excuse me, Josh, Joshua, the son of jo Josedek, all right, was part of, amen, the building principle, the building project of the restoration of the house of God. Alright, because you cannot restore the house of God if the priesthood is not there. The priesthood must define, amen, how things must go on the altar. Alright, so let's look at something here. Oh, Jesus, help me. I'm trying to be fast because of my uh, my battery. I don't think this battery is going to last me a whole uh, uh, hour plus. Let's quickly go to Zechariah chapter 3 because I want us to see something here. Remember, I just told you the period and time of Zechariah, Agai, you know, Zerubbabel, all of these things were all in the same period. They all shared the same, you know, time zone. They, I mean, they all minister under the same, you know, uh, uh, atmosphere, under the same season. All right. The season here was the time of the restoration. Remember, it was King Darius that said, you guys must go back and rebuild amen, the temple of God. I remember after Cyrus, uh, excuse me, after Darius was Cyrus. All right. Yes. Are you following the pattern? Are you following the pattern? Yes. I'm sure you're following the pattern. So, so in Zechariah chapter 3, let's quickly look at verse 1. Then he showed me Joshua the high priest. Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. Are you getting something here? The Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Satan, the Lord, amen, who has chosen Jerusalem? Now who has chosen Joshua? Because, amen, Joshua, the high priest, amen, represents who? Jerusalem. But guess what? Here is Satan, amen, accusing who accusing the high priest Joshua, the son of Josedek, all right, amen, before the Lord. Here is Satan accusing, amen, the high priest of God in the very day, amen, of the restoration, in the seasons of the rebuilding of the temple of God. Here was Satan literally came to begin to say, Lord, this guy cannot be part of the instrument of the restoring of the of the new day, of the rebuilding, amen, of the initiative of, of your house. Because because amen, there's something that is not right about his life. This is Joshua. The same governmental, you know, principle that God, amen, the same governmental instrument that God used in, you know, in uh, or selected in the building and the restoration of his house. The Bible says Satan showed up, you know, and, and accusing, you know, Joshua. And the Lord had to rebuke Satan. The Bible says, and, uh, the, the Bible says in verse 2, Then the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord rebuke you. Amen. Then he went forward and says, The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a man? Is this not a man? Amen. Is this, is this, is this excuse me, is not this man, amen, a burning stick snatched from the fire? 
Is this not a man, amen, that is a burning stick snatched from the fire? Verse 3. Verse 3. Look at verse 3. Now Joshua was dressed in filled cloth as he stood before the angel. Amen. The angel said to those who were standing with him, take off his filled clothes. What is the point? The point here is in the day where God wants to do something great, something new, where God wants to take his people further, here was Satan standing, accusing, amen, the priest. Now, of course, when the, when the scriptures spoke, it says, the Lord has chosen Jerusalem. Like I said earlier on, the priest, of course, was representing Jerusalem. But, you know, Satan was actually accusing, amen, the priest before the Lord. Why? Because the priest represents the nation. Are you seeing what I'm trying to say? That the government of a nation, amen, hangs upon, amen, the shoulder of the priest. Because the priest must go and represent the people before the Lord. But here was Satan accusing the man because the scripture said he was wearing a filled cloth, a stained cloth, a dirty cloth. The angel said, amen, to those who are standing, undress him, take off the filthy clothes. What is God doing? If we are coming into that which the Lord, amen, is doing in this season, if we are going to step into this new reality of where heaven, amen, is pointing us to, we need to be undressed. Lest Satan accuses us. Lest Satan accuses us that we, we do not, we do not what, amen, going forth and representing the things of God. The scripture says the Lord had to rebuke. He had to take God to intervene. He had to take the Lord Jesus to intervene on behalf of Joshua. This is the point I'm making here. He had to take a higher priesthood. Remember, there's a priesthood in Christ. He had to take a higher priesthood, amen, to rebuke, to, you know, to, 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 to stand on behalf of, to defend, amen, Joshua. And the word of the Lord is, take off the filthy clothes, take off the, the, fil the filthiness, amen, undressing. This is why I am saying, as I you know, round up right now. This is why I'm saying that we need to undress ourselves. Hopefully, we'll continue tomorrow. We need to undress ourselves, amen, from the filthiness of yesterday. You know, clothes represent your position, amen, of, of authority and leadership. Clothes in the scripture represent, amen, your position of, of, of assignment, your calling, your ministry, your, your administrative, you know, uh, position, who you are. Your clothes represent your identity. They say undressing. Remove the filthy clothes. Remove the filthy ministry, you know, ministry garment, amen. Wear upon him. Put upon him, amen, a new one. Verse 5, then they said, then they said, put a clean turban on his head after they have removed the old, the old one. Put a new, a new clothes on him. What is God doing in our day? He's, un, he's undressing us and he's redressing us. If we are going to advance, if we're going to move forward, if we're going to represent, amen, the desires of God, the intentions of God in this season, then we have to embrace, amen, what God is doing anew. We have not come to a mountain that can be touched. We are going to a different order of life. We're going to, amen, the expression of a priesthood that is driven by kingdom values. If we're going to do that, then we have to, amen, allow the Lord to undress us from the filthiness, from the filth ministry from the filthy garment from the filthy mindset of yesterday and allow him to bring us into the new or else satan is going to be accusing us you know accusation one thing accusation does accusation is good amen in weakening people's strength 
when you when you are being accused it puts you in a position of vulnerability it, it, it tells people that you, you are not authentic you cannot be heard you 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 don't have what it takes you know accusation is a i mean it's not like it's real it's accusation i'm just talking generally about accusation when you are in when you are under the cloud of accusation you cannot really exercise authority the way you want to exercise it. you can't carry out the things that you feel you know the lord has committed because there is an accusation hanging it is like your name has been stained and this is what the enemy is doing to a lot of people today, particularly to people who are in key position, leadership position. The devil is accusing them, all right? And, it's, and I mean, and to make it worse, is accusing them before the Lord. That's why the scripture says we've got to come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy in times of grace. This is the day where we need to go before the Lord to obtain, amen, so that the enemy will not continue. Because, listen to this, when the enemy accuses you, you no longer have the confidence to proclaim and to stand and to declare. You no longer have the boldness, alright, for you to stand and express your governmental position and authority. You must be free of every form of accusation. The Bible says Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He will continue to accuse you until amen, you know within your heart that you have come under the new leadership of the Lord. That you have come under the authority amen, of this new day. That, that's why we have to move from amen, the order of Mount Sinai amen, and begin to approach the, 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 the reality amen, of a new day, of a new priesthood that cannot be touched. That is not just about the burning of fire amen, and trumpet blast. That how we operate ministry in this new day has to take the new pattern of the demand of God, the requirement of God, the desires of God, the intentions of God. We have to undress us. We have to believe God, amen, to undress us. The reason for that is, amen, we want to see to the restoration, to the rebuilding of the temple of God. Now, of course, I'm not going to be able to go into, you know, uh, uh, the book of Ezra today, but hopefully tomorrow I mean, we'll, we'll look into that all right we are, so we are moving to a day where our priesthood can begin to you know lead us or speak into maturity all right the reason why god rejected amen the priesthood under the the, the ironic uh, eli order was because it was weak it could not bring the people to perfection so a new order of priesthood has been ushered in the third day priesthood amen pattern after the order of melchizedek has been brought in and this order is what we believe god amen to, to align ourselves to so that we can begin to express we can begin to speak we can begin to declare amen from that priesthood because remember I said even the prophetic the apostolic grace all comes from a priesthood the teaching priest all comes from a priesthood have you noticed that the priesthood is not limited to one, you know, class, to one, you know, ministry gift? The priesthood, amen, applies to all the fivefold, applies to all the order. The priesthood is the, is the framework that defines how we express our ministry. So if the priesthood is weak, our ministry is weak. If the priesthood is captured, amen, our gift becomes, you know, weak. We can't speak. We can't go out. We can't produce. Amen? We have the message, but there is no spirit to back it up. So this is what we're dealing with. And I hope all right, that this morning that I've been able to share some very important you know, points again with us. I pray and my, my prayer, my desire is that we will begin to ask the Lord, amen, to, to touch every area of our life, particularly those areas that the enemy, Satan, amen, has been accusing us before the Father. That we will rise up with a new voice, with a new authority, with a new sense, amen, of commitment. That we will go out, amen, this morning and wherever, amen, we, 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 you know, we, we, we are up and about that 
we will allow this, that priesthood, amen, to guide us, to lead us. Remember, this is not just about a, a ministry somewhere. Our priesthood is about a life. We want to represent the life of God. We want to go out there, amen, and manifest the desires of God, the intentions of God. We want our life to honor God, to bring praise, amen, to his, to, you know, to his, to his, to his community, to his church, you know, to the saints. We want people to see the glory of God in our day. So thank you so much, everyone, this morning. Father, we honor you. We bless your name once again for this word. I wish I could go further, but I needed to stop now. But we thank you, Lord, for the things that you have once again highlighted. Thank you for, for the impartation of your spirit. Yes, Lord. Thank you for your word that will not return to you empty, void. Every word spoken this morning will bring us to a new position, oh God, of divine commitment, divine connection. Thank you, Spirit of God, that this word will locate us and minister life, strength to us, that we will correct the things that needs to be corrected, will adjust the things that need to be adjusted, and we will do away with the things that needs to be done away with, so that, Lord, you can find full expression in our life. We pray this day, O oh God, may your kingdom come. May your will be done in our life, O oh God, in our homes, in our family, in our ministry. Lord, Father, we pray, may your kingdom come into our nation, into our city. May your kingdom come lord have your way be glorified lord in our lives we thank you once again bless us this day that we may be a blessing of god to our generation touch us oh god that we may become an extension of your hand touching the nations to the glory of your name we thank you we honor you in jesus name amen and amen thank you so much everyone this morning for joining really appreciate it thank you uh apostle Godfrey, for connecting thank you sister uh, uh kumisa Derek, uh and of course sister uh, um Dione. thank you everyone and any other person out there who's joined us this morning uh, i'm not sure if there's any other name that i've missed out but thank you everyone for joining us i really appreciate it have yourself a wonderful blessed uh, weekend god bless you bye-bye